Welcome spooks and spirits, ghouls and ghosts. Take a seat around the campfire. But beware, this podcast is haunted. Hey guys! Hi! Welcome to episode four! Welcome, welcome, welcome! Before we begin, I just want to give a huge... Shout out and thank you to all the murderinos listening. Oh my god, I love you murderinos. You guys are the best. Like the absolute tits. I just am a big fucking fan. So for the five of you that are listening that have not heard of My Favorite Murder, it is a fan-fucking-tastic uh, podcast that you should all be listening to. And... Go do that, and then please come back, because hopefully there's room in your hearts for two podcasts. There probably is. We're we're different, but similar. Yeah. Um, On your way back, you should grab snacks. Snacks are very important. Mm -hmm. Also, um, speaking of the murderinos. Speaking of murderinos, we we are now going into Corrections Corner. Our bad. (laughs) So in episode two, we were talking to our lovely guest, Blue, and... Uh, we mentioned that Robert the Doll was one of the inspirations for the movie Annabelle. And, and we were fucking wrong. That was wrong. <laughs> so, sorry. Thank you for letting us know. Uh, as you may have picked up by the fact that we were not into the doll story at all, I avoid those like the plague. And I knew, I knew that. I was, as I was, after we published the you know, the episode, I was doing a little write-up of, like, if you want to read more, and I was like, wait a second, let me look up that, to make sure that Annabelle is, so this you know, is the your right fault. movie. That's what you're telling me. I mean, I, You had the wisdom. And you I realized I had seen a whole, astray. like, little documentary about Annabelle and knew that it was a Raggedy Ann doll that was in the, you know, Warren's Fuck home. Off. Is it? Yes. Jesus Christ. Yeah. I know. So I want to look at Raggedy Ann the same. I didn't need that information, Jennifer. I'm sorry. Yeah, so there was, um, thank you, Jen and Katie, for writing in to correct us. You're absolutely right. And if we ever say anything wrong, please feel free to tell us because we We, believe in getting facts correct. I mean, facts. Facts. Yeah. Yes, yes, we do. Uh, And once again, if you want to write in to us, you can reach us at thispodcastishaunted at gmail.com. We are on Twitter. We are on Facebook. And did we start an Instagram? We are on Instagram. Hey, look at us go. (laughs) Not very good at that one. So, or Facebook. Yes. (laughs) I'm the Facebook whore. Jen is the Twitter file. So there you go. There we go. Um, So what are we talking about today? Today, we are talking about the invasion of the body snatchers. Not so much the movie. No. As As actual like Victorian era. Real fucking life. Sorry, Mom. Oh, yeah. Uh, side note. What? My mother started listening to this, <laughs> despite our unspoken agreement to just never, <laughs> ever not, ask too many questions. the only one. <laughs> so, sorry, Mom. Hashtag. And, ha- yeah, right. Hashtag sorry, Mom. Uh, so, sorry, Sharon. Sorry, Jen's mom. Uh, I'll someday maybe be the daughter that you want. Possibly. <laughs> okay. So, body snatching. Body snatching. So... I don't know if you've seen these circling around the internet, but there's um, these articles, urban legends, pictures of old-timey Victorian graves, Mm -hmm. which are the best. Yes, they are. First of all, just, just the peak of design and elaborate 
action. Just, what are you, what are you doing? <laughs> How about you just focus on talking? Okay. So these really elaborate uh, Victorian graves. Can you tell me about what monuments. they look like? Um, there are some of them that have like this big iron cage. Like a shark them. cage? Like, like a shark like cage. Like a shark cage for the undead? Exactly. Oh my God, I because, love it. Because as the legend says, Victorians were very frightened of the dead rising again. Yes. Now you have to remember that this is the age of the Gothic novel. This is the age of Frankenstein and H.G. Wells, I believe. Well, you know, another thing to remember is that it's also the age of a tremendous scientific advancement. Mm -hmm. And so for the first time, you know, they're finding out about germs. They're finding out about these organisms that they never knew living on their bodies. They're exactly. finding out about uh, all of these different things and they're trying to apply science to it to understand. Mm -hmm. um, and <laughs> despite all of that, they're not that great at figuring out who's dead and who isn't. I'm right. sure we've all heard of the phrase saved by the bell because they used to put bells on corpses in case they weren't really dead. They were just in a oh, mild yeah, there's a coma. Whole, uh, we should do an episode about that. Yes, because I have information on that that I wanted to put into this episode, but I'm afraid we're going to run out of time. Right, this episode's going to be like six hours. Settle Sorry. in, bitches. Um, yeah, so there's you know this thought that the cages were in case you know there some plague happened and some zombie disease made their loved ones rise from the grave. Now... That's not entirely true, although I'm sure maybe some people thought that. But well, it looks like that to us today because yeah. zombies are very much a part of our current culture. And it's also just Negan. a little disconcerting <laughs> to see a grave that is caged. Caged. Mm -hmm. Like that's really freaky. Mm -hmm. But what people don't realize is that at the time people were less concerned about their loved ones getting out of the grave than they were about other people getting into the grave. Aha. Aha. Grave robbers, body snatchers, and the like. Yes. There was a big culture for this, during, especially during the Victorian era. Especially during the Victorian era. Now, why is that? Um, because, as we said previously, this is there's a bunch of new technology out and... Namely, um, the medical field is really growing mm -hmm. um, at this point. Um, surgery was becoming a safer option. Like, surgery always existed, but it was kind of like a last-ditch effort. Like, like, we're going to cut into you. Anesthesia has not been invented yet. You're you probably going to die, odds. but this might make you live a little longer, or it'll probably kill you faster. Especially um, since our duels are dirty. Yes. <laughs> So in the Victorian era, they started um, learning more advanced techniques for surgery. They learned how they learned a little bit about germs, or at least they knew enough that uh, if we do this, then this person might not die. They might ne they didn't necessarily know why, but they knew that for some reason, if you use clean, sharp instruments and then worked very quickly and then covered it back up, they had a better chance of living. Um, so because of that, they had to work incredibly fast. We're talking surgeries lasting a matter of minutes mm -hmm. instead of hours that they do now. So how do you remove a tumor in two minutes? You have to be really, really well-versed in human you anatomy. You Coke. Yeah. <laughs> There's a whole TV show about that, I think. <laughs> I think Clive Owen is a doctor on Coke, oh. and he just rips things out of people. Well, that's, that's possible. I think that's Showtime. I think it's called The Nick. 
You guys should check up on that. Okay. <laughs> right in. Correct us. <laughs> anyway, so so these people are... So doctors have to be really well-versed in hum- human anatomy. So how do you do that? You cut open dead people. You cut open dead people. That's the thing. Now, that was not very kosher in at that time. Uh, the church frowned upon it a great deal because... Really? Yes, Did they? Yes. I'm shocked. Well, yeah. There are there are verses about um, you know revelation where okay I'll just I'll just read one um, John five verse twenty eight through twenty nine says marvel not at this for the the hour is coming in which all that are in the graves shall hear his voice and shall come forth they that have done good unto the resurrection of life and they that have done evil unto the resurrection of damnation. So leave your people in the ground so that I can get at them later, like human cold storage. If you're a Christian and you believe that Jesus is coming again and then that's the resurrection, Mm -hmm. then in your mind, okay, everyone who's dead is going to rise again. Now, that could mean zombies or... (laughs) (laughs) Jesus Christ, the original zombie. Yeah. Um, Yeah, you know, I I think, um, especially since Christianity was so prevalent during the Victorian era, um, but I think it's also important to remember that uh, as humans, Mm -hmm. we want our dead bodies to have their funeral rites. We want them... Mm I don't want to say necessarily buried because not all cultures do bury their dead. Yeah, but there's a sense... I mean, people even today are squeamish about people cutting into their loved ones. Right. And it's like you... It's, well, you identify. You so, still think of them as, you know, that person that you love. Absolutely. Well, and it's, it's, it's a survival technique as well. Mm-hmm. When we were um, still wild, mm-hmm. uh, it was safer to have your body disposed of, whether by burning a sky burial or a regular burial. Mm-hmm. Um, because... Dead bodies lying around um, attract pestilence, which brings disease to your tribe. Uh, it attracts predators upon your tribe. And it's also just incredibly traumatic. We identify with other humans at all stages. So watching mm-hmm. somebody rot who you used to it's, play handball with. Yep, it's a little horrifying. That's horrifying. Yeah. So it's very understandable that people want their dead people put away. <laughs> In whatever way yep. that is correct for their put culture. Put that dead thing in a box and put that box into the ground. <laughs> put that thing back where you came from or so help me. So help me. So, okay. <laughs> Apologies to Disney. Oh, we owe them money now. <laughs> oh, no. We have no money. <laughs> That's problematic. Okay. So body snatching. Victorian so, era. Yeah, the church wasn't okay with um, doctors dissecting humans. Um, which is a big problem because the church pretty much controls everything at that time. And also just not even the church, but just people just don't right. it's like that idea. It's uncomfortable. So how do you get bodies then to dissect? The one type of person that, you, that doctors were allowed to um, dissect for study were convicted criminals that had been executed. Okay, that makes sense. Now, you're thinking of the past, and you're thinking Charles Dickens and, you know, men hanging from gibbets and, like, mm-hmm. you know, killing people left and right. We do it a lot, yeah. We do it a lot. We still do it a lot. Texas. They did it even more then. That, so that creates a certain amount of supply, but even that was not enough for the number of medical students. Now, we're talking at least, like, 20 different schools in London alone. Sure. And then Edinburgh was another huge center of medical study. To say nothing of the United States. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So um, there was this there was this huge supply and demand 
problem. Mm -hmm. And where there's a supply and demand problem, capitalism will find a way. (laughs) Absolutely. Yes. So, enter the Resurrection Man, which is just an awesome name. It it is. That's a really great nickname. That's Yeah. Resurrection Man. Man or men? Men. Do they work in teams? I mean, plural is men. Usually it would be a team because, as I'll get into... It's a lot of work. Yeah, the physicality of it, I would imagine. Yeah. So who are these resurrection men? They're usually poor because... Because no, money. Because capitalism. Because they need the money. And, you know, no self-respecting rich person is going to go around digging up dead bodies. Unless they're insane. More on that later. That's a debate, yeah. Interestingly enough, there was this kind of legal gray area where the law just hadn't really caught up to the reality um, where there, was, there wasn't really any legal coverage of dead bodies themselves. There were laws protecting the possessions of the dead regarding you know, the family mm-hmm. of the dead person. Because of inheritance. The possessions of the dead belong yeah. technically to somebody else. So if you're planning to steal a body um, and you get caught with just the dead body, there's really not a lot they can do about that. Now, if you take the body and they're still wearing their grave clothes... Then you're in trouble. <laughs> so grab the body, dump the clothes? Yes. Okay. <laughs> so so now we're carrying around naked dead bodies. Yeah. So um, if you want to be a body snatcher, this is what you need to do. Oh, good. I've always... Here we go. Yeah. Okay. So you, got your, so you form your little body snatching team. Yeah. Um, we can do it. You go into the graveyard at night. Naturally. Of course. Um, you look for freshly dug graves. How old? Um, ideally one to two weeks. Oh, okay. Because A, it makes digging them up easier. Right. B, them bodies fresh. Yeah, you don't really want to be digging for slop. Yeah, because it's hard for doctors to really uh, dissect a skeleton. <laughs> so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess that's a really good point. Yeah. <laughs> and you, don't, you probably don't even need to use a scalpel if you get them... Gross enough. You can yeah, just rip them just... apart. That took a dark turn. I didn't need the sound effect, Jennifer. <laughs> okay, keep going, keep going. Okay, so you're looking for your fresh graves, because the fresher the better. Fresher the better, like apples. Yeah. So you find your grave, and then you dig. You start digging near the head of the coffin, or the grave. I'm not really sure how you tell all the time, but you dig down not a not a very big space, like maybe when you're one to two square feet, mm-hmm. but down down all the way to the coffin. So six feet, but a small... But a small, like, area. Mm-hmm. You know, whatever. And so you get down to the coffin, and then you have the rest of the of the dirt... That you've displaced. That you've... Well, okay, first you, you, you put the displaced dirt on a tarp so that it's easy to put back. Sure. Um, but the rest of the dirt that's still covering, you know, most of the length of the coffin is still there to act as a counterweight because you don't want to, you know, bring up the whole coffin because that's a lot of work. So what you do... (laughs) We're minimizing. Yeah. I mean, that's smart. I'm lazy. I get it. Yeah. So you you only have a small part of the coffin exposed and you use the, the remaining dirt as a counterweight to pry open the head of the coffin. And you'd also bring along like blankets and stuff to muffle the, you know, very obvious cracking noise. <laughs> so you crack it open, and then you 
and there's a person in there and you hopefully hopefully <laughs> unless someone else got there first right. i wonder how many times that happened they like dig down all the way you open the other fucker damn it <laughs> brian <laughs> you got there first <laughs> <laughs> so, so it just makes me think of the Fairly Odd Parents when he's like Dinkleberg. Like, you've never seen the Fairly Odd Parents? I have, but I just I don't remember. Oh, the that dad movie. hates the neighbor, Dinkleberg, because oh. Dinkleberg always gets things that the dad wants. Right. Newman. Right. Yes. Yeah. There you go. Okay. So assuming that they haven't gotten there first, um, you pull out your fresh body. Ugh. You take off the clothes because because property rights. Property rights. You throw the clothes back into the grave. You put the displaced dirt back. Wipe your hands. Maybe. Put the dead body in a cart or something so that you don't, you're don't. you not seen, you know, carting around dead grandpa. <laughs> Weekend at Bernie's it out of there. Yeah, <laughs> just, yeah we're just yeah, going out to the party house with totally this naked man. Yes. <laughs> don't mind the smell. Yeah. Um, and then you make your way to the nearest medical school um, where... Some poor student will be there to take it off your hands, give you quietly some... Quietly looking the other way. Because they had no known. questions. No oh, questions. Of course they knew what was going on. But, I mean, think about it. You're, you need it. They have it. It's not going back in there. Like meth. Yeah. Like human body meth. Yeah. I need it. You have it. Let's all get along. Exactly. Just kidding, everybody. I do not do meth because I like my teeth and they were very expensive. Don't do that. Don't, yeah. don't do drugs. Uh, not okay. even once. So, okay, so we've delivered it to the school. Now what? They give you some money. Cash because money. For your for your trouble. And then you, you know, go on your merry way. And then they have, I mean, it's the best of both worlds. Do you they, happen to know, like, how much you got per body? Like, how worth I this? I really wish I did. It's. I'm sure it varied a whole lot depending on the availability of bodies at the time. Supply the, and demand. Yeah, always. it's just markets and mm-hmm. supplies and... Uh, you know, inflation and all that. Like, it absolutely, probably varied a whole lot. I wish I had some figures. If anyone does, no, you can reach us. Please, please write in because I would love to know that. Um, yeah. So, capitalism. Capitalism. Good way to make money. You know what? Capitalism is fantastic in that respect. Good way to make money. Yeah. Now, some people were more creative than others because. Uh, you know, digging up graves is a lot of work. Yeah. You you would have lost me at the digging. I yeah. No, man, I'll just be a whore. So, <laughs> well, what you could have done is some people sent women to workhouses to claim dead bodies. Uh, they would like, pose as oh, a yes, grieving widow. Yes, this is my widow. cousin Bartholomew. Yes. <laughs> With so terrible that we've lost him. Can I take that? I'll just take him. Yeah. I'll take him home. Yes. And then instead of home, I'm going to drop him off at the Edinburgh School of the Medical mm-hmm. Sciences. Yeah, exactly. All right. That's actually pretty clever. So if you don't have a handy woman around to go collect the bodies or the workhouse supply has dried up, you could always... Make your own bodies. Mm, hot, fresh murder. With murder. murder. <laughs> Go on. So there's these lovely pair of gentlemen from Edinburgh by the names of William Burke and William Hare. They really needed, had a shortage of first names back then. Yeah, just, just you know, come William, with some John. New names. For real. Um, I actually was just reading about these guys. Uh, I am a big fan of Kate Beaton. 
Um, She is the cartoonist from Canada, and she's amazing and my hero. And she got out of museum work to start drawing comics, but she applies history to Mm -hmm. her comics. And um, I think her comic is called Hark a Vagrant. Yep. Uh, And I'm reading her book right now. Uh, I have both. I also have the children's book because I'm a child. Uh, But anyway, so uh, they talk about... um, Burke and Hare uh, in one of her comics uh, and she gives them these great like old timey like gangsta yeah. voices it's wonderful we should post that we will post that to our stuff later so you guys can enjoy that she's terrific there's also another passage I'm sorry do your bookmarkers have koalas on them yes my god you innocent baby your book of murder with your little koala pages yes. <laughs> don't judge me I'm not judging I'm actually proud of you I'm really <laughs> pleased to be your friend right now um, so there, there's a whole episode of lore that covers these two individuals extensively. Um, you should go listen to that. It came out fairly recently. So it's two, two Irishmen living in Edinburgh, and um, at least one of them owns an inn. There's a connection there um, where you know people stay. I think one, one guy was there, got drunk, died in his room, and they had no next of kin. Hashtag opportunity. Opportunity. Business opportunity. So they took Mrs. that. Mrs. Lovett would be so proud. Yeah, you take that body and you bring it to the, the medical school. Absolutely. And they ask no questions and they give you money and you think to yourself, hey, that was easy. <laughs> that was so easy. Let's that make more so money easy. easily. So what they did was they started luring people who, you know, they would get them drunk. They would ask them about their families and, you know, whether or not anyone would miss them and... Eventually, they would just quietly kill them and then bring their bodies to the to the school. How many people did they get like that? That's a good question. Let me... Oh, I found a thing. They paid between 8 to 10 pounds per corpse. Jesus Christ, that's a lot of money back then. Yeah, that's... Yeah, that's a lot of money. I mean, hang on. I'm going to get my price inflator out because mm-hmm. that's something I use for my museum stuff all the time. Um, that's awesome. Eight to ten dollars, eight to ten bucks a corpse is a lot. Mm-hmm. Okay. Apparently, their body count was at least sixteen people. Wow. Okay. Yeah. So one hundred and sixty bucks. But again, that's a lot of that's money. That's a back lot then. of money. They were living quite large after their scheming, and eventually, you know, one of their victims was a little more connected than they originally thought. Oops, our bad. Someone came asking. It led back to them. They're both arrested. I think one of them told on the other. Ah, yeah. So only one of them ended up getting convicted of the murders and executed. And guess where his body ended up? Where did his body end up? In the school with all of the his victims. Yes. Mm, mm, justice. Karma. But what about the other one? Did he live to like the ripe old age of a billion? I, I don't know. I don't remember. Do Very well researched, Jennifer. Listen, I researched the rest of this episode. At a Panera. I, I purposely did not research the story because there's a whole goddamn episode of lore about it. That's so true. go listen to that. You should listen to lore. Um, yeah. Or just read Wikipedia. Wikipedia, also your friend. Yeah. Um, and make sure you hit up Kate Beaton, too, because she's cool as hell. Yay. I love her. Okay, so that's one that's, that's one motive of, of murdering for dead bodies that's yeah. for for the compensation you can you could make a lot of money off of that so yeah you'd have people you know giving medical schools bodies for the money now there were some people who gave the medical schools the bodies as a way 
of disposing the bodies that nice. they already created because they're a serial killer. Absolutely. Why wouldn't you? And why wouldn't you? And of I course, we are talking me. about H.H. H. Holmes. The Devil in the White City. Devil in the White City. Such a good book. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm sure most of you guys know who H.H. H. Holmes is, but basically, he is one of the most notorious serial killers in American history. Uh, he built his murder hotel in Chicago for the 1893 Columbian World's Fair. As museum bitches, uh, that is the World's Fair that funded and implemented the Museum of Science and Industry. Yes, go to Chicago. It's yeah, great. It's super great. Yeah. And look at other memberships. See if you can get a membership to go to Chicago for free. Museum tip. Okay, sorry. <laughs> Such a nerd. Yeah, so he's one of Chicago's most notorious murderers. Um, he Nobody knows his body count because... It could be anywhere from around a dozen to in the hundreds. God bless. Yeah. So industrious. No one knows. But basically what he did was he built his hotel for, you know, to lodge people who wanted to visit the World's Fair. And he also had these mysterious chambers that he could, you know. Little murder nooks? Murder nooks, yes. He could he could spy on his victims. He could say, oh, you know, just go into this door and, and uh, oh, 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 I closed the door behind you. And oh, I flipped the switch and oh, you're being gassed to death. And that's that's also a way he killed people. Um, Is it weird that I'm kind of like impressed with him? Like, am I going to hell? It was very uh, creative. It was. A feat of engineering. Congrats. I mean, the fact that he had a team of people build this entire thing and nobody caught on to what he was doing partially because uh he kept firing people so that no one ever saw all of the plans and he probably murdered anybody and who figured it out i think yeah i think he murdered a couple he people. had a whole hotel of murder nooks yes just oh yeah uh yeah no the light switch is at the back of the room you just, a few steps further ha 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 gassed you to death you're dead down a chute yes yeah, because he would kill them, and then he'd like push a little lever, like very Sweeney Todd, and they'd fall to the basement, <sighs> where he would put them in a vat of some sort of chemical that would Acid? break down the body yes, until it, it was a skeleton, and then he would sell the skeleton to the doctors. <laughs> I mean, he's just so smart. And back in the... Genius. Right? <laughs> 1893, there weren't even real detectives back then. He yes. could have gotten away with almost all of it. He could have... He could have gotten away with it if it weren't for uh, his insurance scams and his motherfucker got multiple greedy. marriages. I think he he was married. He to, was a bigamist. Yeah, he was married to what? multiple women at different times. Never divorced any of them. Would just kind of disappear on them. He they wouldn't live together. So I don't know if that's bigamy or if I guess it is. No, it is. Yeah. If, yeah, you're, okay. if you have multiple marriage license, I believe that's bigamy. Yeah. I wouldn't know because that seems like so much work to me. It does. Like I have one husband. Well, he would basically just ghost them. Like he wasn't dealing with all I of guess. them at the same time. He would just Still, be like, you "Hey, I like you." Do you Let's know how hard married. it is to find one husband? That's like, yeah. oh, maybe it's different for I don't know. Women he was very awesome, charming. So yeah, I guess and he was wealthy, and I probably would have fallen for him. Probably. I might have helped him with his murders. <laughs> You would have been his Mrs. Levitt. Miss, ah, that's the highest compliment I've ever been paid. <laughs> okay, right, I'm too excited. We need to reel this in. Yeah. So eventually he got caught um, because I think he had abducted two of the children of his most recent wife and he killed them. And then insurance fraud where he would like take out insurance claims on people, kill them and then get the money as you do. And eventually the law caught up to him. And he would kind of go between confessing to hundreds and hundreds of murders to like 
saying I didn't do anything and like what are you talking nobody about? could Me, really murder. I have all these cool things. <laughs> so nobody quite knew everything that he'd done. Um, but they could pin at least a couple murders on him, and because of that, he was executed. But one of his last requests was that when he was buried, he wanted his um, coffin to be encased in, like, a foot of concrete. So that nobody could steal his body. So that no one could steal his body. Well, okay, but that's actually quite sensible because people, uh, from my research, uh, lots of bodies that got snatched, as you kind of touched on, were Mm -hmm. criminals. And it wasn't just because you're bad and we're going to keep punishing you for all eternity because... Mm -hmm. That was a thing. Yep. Um, it was also the fame factor. Uh, for example, John Dillinger, this is another Chicago murderer mm-hmm. who got quite famous. Uh, John Dillinger was shot by police in 1934, uh, July 22nd, I think. Mm-hmm. It was hot. Sure. And um, he, uh, he started to rock quite, quite quickly. Uh, <laughs> so for three days, he was actually on display. And allegedly, mm-hmm. people paid a nickel to see his bloated. I don't ever doubt that grotesque. at all. I know, right? Humans are fucked up. Do a whole other episode about just like freak shows and just how disgusting people are. Yes. <laughs> I mean, and I say that as a co-host of a podcast about, about yeah. death and ghosts and the yeah. paranormal. So, oops, I'm right there with you. We're all. enablers. Yes. <laughs> anyway, so. John Dillinger murdered in 1934 uh, on display for three days so that people could make money off mm-hmm. of showing his corpse. Um, while he was still bleeding on the concrete uh, outside that Gross. theater where he was murdered, people were dabbing his gunshot wounds with their handkerchiefs to have a, a souvenir oh, of his God. blood. Uh, yeah, really messed people up. People are gross. People are gross. They're pretty impressive in their foulness. Um, <laughs> I almost respect them. Uh, so, yeah, criminals... Uh, definitely have suffered this fate a great deal. Um, there was another criminal. This is one of my favorite stories. Um, Do tell. <laughs> I shall. Okay. So, uh, first off, the dude in question has a brilliant name. His name is Elmer McCurdy. Oh, uh, yes. <laughs> and I literally don't yes. think I can say that without twanging. Elmer hey, McCurdy. Elmer McCurdy here. <laughs> so, Elmer McCurdy... Uh, was a bank robber, but he was kind of a half-assed bank robber. Oh, um, the best kind. You know. <laughs> I mean, let's be honest, bank robbers are not the smartest people. You think of, like, the Al Capones. Right, the, Al like, Capone, pretty pretty ingenious. Yes, away but with a lot. most of them are idiots. Yeah, because they couldn't do other things, so they're going to try and rob people. Yes. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's a risky risk-reward thing. So Elmer McCurdy, mm. uh, 1911... Uh, uh, train robber, in fact, I believe. Beautiful. Um, and he was uh, killed by police in Oklahoma. Uh, he was embalmed as best they could in 1911, and nobody ever came to get him. Which, if you're ashamed of a family member, you don't. It's yeah. like a way of punishing them. Mm-hmm. Is kind of this afterlife thing. Poor um, guy. Eh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> I mean, like, yeah, I guess I do feel kind of bad for him, but like, he I at also... least deserved to be put in the dirt. Maybe. Again, it, it's a very elemental, primitive human thing yeah. to want to bury the dead. It's it's safety, it's transition, it's religious. Mm-hmm. But basically, um, it's kind of the last insult to your memory by, yeah, not, by not doing it. Doing exactly. Um, on, on battlefields, it's mm-hmm. one of those things that soldiers, they stop fighting in order that both sides can mm-hmm. clear the dead. Yeah. Um, but if, if it's a war of great disrespect, <laughs> uh, in addition to not, you know... 
not be war is already disrespectful i mean like going out there and murdering people over land is kind of inherently disrespectful (laughs) uh but if it gets real nasty they also don't let you bury your dead because it's that last insult so you're totally right so eleanor mccurdy Mm -hmm. never got picked up and the undertaker uh was like well I got him. I got to make some money off of him because I paid to embalm him. Sure. So he started charging people again a nickel. A nickel was like the going rate to see a dead body back then. I mean, then. and 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 like like we said before, people loved this stuff. Yes. Like, I will never feel bad for my interest in the morbid because people would trample through crime scenes and look at freshly dead bodies because they were curious. And so where there is such a demand for, you know, this morbid curiosity, capitalism finds a way. Capitalism (laughs) finds a way. Uh, Hashtag capitalism finds a way. (laughs) So uh, Elmer McCurdy, Elmer McCurdy, (laughs) dead Oklahoma. Undertaker starts charging people five cents. You have to go in. You can see the dead embalmed body of this bank robber if you put a nickel in the dead body's mouth. I know. Like the piggy bank of the damned. (laughs) So uh, a circus owner. Mm -hmm. What is the word for a circus owner? Circus magnet? An equivalent appear. Circus tycoon? A circus tycoon. I feel like they were really poor, so probably not. But. Uh, anyway, some sort of, it, not actually P.T. Barnum, but a peer of P.T. Barnum, mm-hmm. uh, rolls into town, hears about this mini sideshow act, and says, well, you know, why should he be making money that I could be making? <laughs> so he goes to The Undertaker, pretends to be family of the dear departed Elmer McCurry. Uh, humans and, are the worst. <laughs> right? <laughs> humans are the goddamn worst. That poor doctor was just trying to make some money off of this dead guy. <laughs> but I'd like to make some more money and off of him. <laughs> So, so he claims the body as his own family, and he starts touring him around the country. Now, the body changed hands uh, a great number of times. Uh, fast forward 80 years to 1976. Jesus. To long- Bicentennial year. Hey, there you go. Um, I will and- never forget the bicentennial. <laughs> Um, at that time, uh, which was a grand time, uh, the show The Six Million Dollar Man was being filmed. Mm. And one of the places that it was filming was Long Beach, California at Pike's Amusement Park. And Pike's Amusement Park had one of those roller coaster go through houses like of Bucket spooks. full of nightmares. <laughs> <laughs> and so uh, inside this house of spooks, uh, they're about to shoot with. Uh, the Steve Austin character, and they want to kind of redesign the set a little bit Mm -hmm. so that it looks a little nicer. So some set dresser goes in there and starts adjusting uh, these, what she believes, he or she believes, to be mannequins Mm. when one of the arms falls off. And as she's trying to attach this mannequin's arm again, she looks down and, my God, that looks an awful lot like a bone in my hand. Yep. (laughs) 100%. Elmer McCurdy. Elmer McCurdy. (laughs) Shows up in the... uh, uh, sideshow. So he uh, has been uh, on the move since 1911, and he finally got laid to rest uh, December of 1976 back in Oklahoma, having toured all around this great nation. Now, as far I mean, as that's, that's a pretty great afterlife. <laughs> I mean, if you're going to go, go big, right? Uh, speaking of bodies that got toured all around this great nation, uh, one of my familial heroes, specifically my father, my father has a great big man crush on Abraham Lincoln. Don't we all? He's yeah. Abraham Lincoln. <laughs> Abraham Lincoln. <laughs> so Abraham Lincoln, uh, as we know, famously murdered by John Wilkes Booth. 
Um, that scoundrel. That's indeed. How dare he? How dare he? And just when we were on the point of unifying the union. Well, we did. Well, right. We won the war. We did the thing. Sorry, Sue. It, it went really badly, though. I mean, it was, it was ugly. It's still ugly. Yeah. Anyway. We have to focus, Jen. I'm sorry. So watch the nine hours of war documentary by Ken Burns. It's oh my a god, real... do it, it's Ken so Burns. Good. Speaking of dreamy, he's so smart. I've <laughs> met him. <gasps> Shut your ass! You met Ken Burns? Yeah. Go on. There's, I got a book signed. It's really not that big of a deal. Okay, you need to tell a better story. All right, so uh, Abraham Lincoln, after dying, was paraded about the country to all of these different places. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he was not laid to rest for quite a while. Uh, he's, I believe, famously buried in Springfield, Illinois. Yeah. And the reason that I know that is because my father took all of us there from Benton Harbor, Michigan, for his 40th birthday, because that's my dad's idea of a that's good time. That's what he did for his 40th birthday. We birth. did the Lincoln sites. And you know what? It was cool. I work at a museum now. It's probably my dad's that's fault. Exactly. So I know. He's such a fucking nerd. We're all such goddamn nerds. Oh. Um, anyway, so we went to the Lincoln sites. Uh, it was fantastic. You should go. Uh, but one of the things that... Lincoln is kind of known for is haunting the shit out of the out of the lower 48. Yeah. He's everywhere. He's haunting in DC, Ford's mm-hmm. Theater, the Lincoln bedroom. The There's White a great House. story about um, the Queen of the Netherlands at the time who was visiting DC and of course they gave her the Lincoln bedroom to stay in, which Naturally. I feel like if you knew anything about the Lincoln bedroom you'd be like hard pass. <laughs> It's exactly the one I'd want to stay in. <laughs> because allegedly she was staying there and she like heard a knock on her door and opened the door and there's Abraham Lincoln standing there saying, hey, what's up? <laughs> hey there, pretty lady. Here you're a queen. That is the next Daniel Day-Lewis film that I want. The Dead Abraham Lincoln. of Abraham Lincoln. He would do you saw something. him in Lincoln. Now see him in, in Lincoln's Dead Lincoln. Afterlife. <laughs> That Daniel Day Lewis would do it though. Like he would find a way to he would make go you feel like not a shot. <laughs> he would the entire movie would be through like Ouija board. <laughs> oh, Daniel Day Lewis. Oh, Wonderful. Okay, we really have terrible focus today. No, yeah. Um, so Abraham Lincoln paraded around the country, haunting the shit out of everything. Um, and one of the places that he notably wasn't haunting was mm-hmm. his memorial in Springfield. Fascinating. Where the actual body was. Now for those of you who are listening to the show wondering, why are these two nerds talking on a paranormal show talking mm-hmm. about body snatching? There is a connection. It is well supported through traditions around the world. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're talking Greece, we're talking Egypt, Mesopotamia, Ireland, India, all of these uh, cultures and societies uh, have a myth that if a grave is disturbed, the soul is no longer at rest. It creates mm-hmm. ghosts. And that's kind of what happened here with Lincoln. So. <laughs> In 1876, uh, local gangsters uh, who were part of a money counterfeiting circuit, which apparently was really hot in the late Victorian period in Illinois. Mm. Lots of counterfeit bills going through Illinois at that point in time. I bet Um, it was a lot easier to get away with that. Yeah. Yeah. Just crime in general. (laughs) um, I think one of of my favorite comedians, John Mulaney, has a really great piece on that in his new stand-up called um, The Comeback Kid. <laughs> and he's talking about how detectives in the old days were like, ah, I have a hunch. And so <laughs> there's a pool of blood out here. Might be the murders. And the detective goes, hmm, gross. Mop it up. 
That's really not far from the truth. <laughs> I know, right? He understands life. John Mulaney, if you're listening to this, I just adore you. Keep yes. releasing things. So uh, these counterfeit artists, the best one in this small gang gets nabbed by the feds. Uh, well, actually, the feds didn't exist back then. It was um, just gets nabbed by the police. Mm-hmm. And his crime leader, you can't say mafia yet because they really weren't the mafia yet. They were sure. just a gang. Uh, his crime leader is really starting to feel the pinch without him there to be counterfeiting these bills. So he decides, as any you know reasonable person does, mm-hmm. to kidnap and ransom the body of Abraham Lincoln. What the fuck? <laughs> Naturally, right? Um, and it actually, he comes up with this idea twice. The first time it gets fucked up because his team can't see- keep a secret. But the second time he goes in uh, and... Mind you, the first time, mm-hmm. the rumor gets out, everybody in town knows, and the people who run the mausoleum are like, it's preposterous, that'll never happen here. <laughs> Forget about it, we don't need any extra security. This system is foolproof. Exactly. Well, and they're kind of right, because when these amateur bumbling <laughs> grave robbers get in there, they discover that they don't know how to pick a lock. Mm. So they're sitting there for 45 minutes filing through the this lock. Is amateur which, hour. Amateur <laughs> hour, absolutely. Uh, and then they open the sarcophagus, and what they don't know is that Lincoln was in a 500-pound coffin. Jeez. It's lead-lined <laughs> for the exact reason that people don't want him stealing the grave. So they can't lift the coffin more than a couple feet. That's... So they say, well... Uh, hey, you, hey, you, guy that we just hired to do this because you're an expert in body snatching, mm-hmm. you know, because that's a thing. Why don't you go get the car? Everybody talked like that back then. <laughs> Why don't you go get the car? We're going to we're gonna get some wheels under this and move this body out so we can get it up to Indiana Dunes and bury it there. Oh, my God. Well, of course, this guy, uh, whose name was Smeagol or something. Smeagol? I'm not kidding, yeah. Um, let's see. Did he like rings? <laughs> Um, so inexpertly robbed, crap, I didn't write it down, whatever. Uh, you can look it up later. Okay. Um, so this guy who had this hilarious name and his compatriot, Billy Brown, who he brought in on the ring, uh, go to get the car, but surprise, they're undercover police officers. And so the cops come in and they bust these other three guys. Um, and finally the mausoleum people pay attention. Yep. And so, you know, the grave has been disturbed. These guys, these amateurs, were slightly successful. Mm-hmm. Uh, we better do something about this. So what is their solution? What is it? Let's just finish disturbing the grave of Abraham Lincoln. What? And secretly rebury him in the dirt of the basement of this mausoleum. Oh. Indiana, or sorry, forgive me. Uh, Illinois has a rather high water table in places. Oh, no. <laughs> and so uh, they start getting water inside the grave of Abraham Lincoln, who at this point in time has been dead for almost 20 years. Oh, so that's not anyway. That's not going to be good. <laughs> so they bring him up again. And what they their big genius <laughs> decision <laughs> is to cover up his tombstone or his his coffin with lots of spare lumber that they had lying around from building these great monuments and treat it like a pile of wood. It stayed like that until 1887. So for 11 years, his body was not where anybody thought his body was. Oh my God. And so ever since then, Abraham Lincoln has been ghosting about this monument. He wasn't seen before this, but once the grave was disturbed, mm, I shall ghost now here. 
And in addition to my work in D.C., New York, put one more stamp into his ghost passport. It's a very, very, very well-traveled ghost. Possibly the most famous American ghost. Yeah, might be up there. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I I can't think of anybody more famous. Mm. I'm sure that's right. <laughs> Nobody tell us otherwise. Well, I mean, famous grave robbing really wasn't a thing. For the most part, it was poor people. For the most part, it was uh, people who wouldn't be missed, orphans. Yeah. Um, these days, uh, it still goes on, and it's still poor people and criminals Jesus. and people who wouldn't be missed. Because <laughs> that's what I was like, when, in researching this topic, I was like, okay, so this happened, and, and it happened... Quite, like 150. Like years with ago. regularity, but it was yeah, it was hundreds of years ago. Why? What caused it to stop? And so I, I did look into it a little bit, and there were you know some laws passed that like opened up the field of legal. Like, I can leave my body to science. Yes. Now. Yep. That's a thing now, but. Body snatching is still a thing. It is still totally a thing. That blows my mind. I can't even deal with humans. It is 100% still a thing. Now, I, I do not have any Western cultures. I didn't, in my research, I did not find Western cultures mm. with a, a practice of body snatching. Sure. But in China, in recent years, oh my God. I love this. Uh, it has been a practice when women die, families that had unmarried bachelor dead people in oh their my family. God. Yes, they would body snatch these women and marry oh. their ghost spirits in the afterlife and bury them together with these snatched women in these graves. Those poor women? Eh, I don't They're know. Dead. Being married is awesome. and Yeah, but they have no that's, well, a lot of us don't. Yeah. No, just, that's terrible. That's old Jane Austen of me. Um, but Some yeah. of us are sold for property. <laughs> so yeah, these um, body snatchings still exist today. Uh, a very famous, but unnamed, but you can probably find it, uh, exhibit of mm-hmm. bodies mm-hmm. that have been, I mean, like they're playing sports and mm-hmm. they're dancing and mm-hmm. they're riding their skinless horses. Right. So you can see all of the structures, the veins, the organs, the fatty tissues, mm-hmm. all of that is there mm-hmm. on display for you. Uh, and this exhibit is traveling the world. And as it turns out, these bodies were no. maybe not as ethically collected no. as one would like. Although I think it would be rad as hell to be left as an exhibit. Dude, I'm leaving my body to science. Are you? Might. I, I say like... that, but I don't know. Who knows? At this I point, just I'm... want to be in a museum staring at people. <laughs> I told my husband, Dan does not like this when I say this, but I totally want to be stuffed and turned into a kegerator. No! (laughs) Like, I want a CO2 filter in my back so that when you lift up my right thumb, I pour out, like, a beer, and when you lift up my right... Something really classy, like like Chorus Banquet. Exactly. And I want to be wearing something upsetting. Oh, God. I just want people to be, like, mildly horrified when they see it, but also, like, in awe of how brazen I am. Okay. Well, we've all got our dreams. You know, it's it's perfect. So, yeah, body snatching. uh, Really fascinating. Still kind of happens. It's a little upsetting um, for a number of reasons. Yeah. I know. So, this is a fascinating topic that I could talk about about four hours, but if you want to do your own reading about it, uh, there's a number of places you could go. I mentioned an episode of Lore. I don't remember which one it is. We'll tell you in the comments later. We'll tell you later. Eh, we'll get around to it. Um, do okay, your own so, research. Jesus Christ. Yeah. Wikipedia. Wikipedia. <laughs> is honestly a great source. <laughs> don't um, believe people who say Wikipedia is crap. It at least gives you a baseline to start with. Yeah. And then there were uh, three books that I've read that mention it. 
Um, there is The Invention of Murder by Judith Flanders. Fascinating, especially if you like true crime and if you are interested in why we as a people are interested in crime and the morbid and it's great. I love it. We it's a lot of Victorian London and yeah. it's fabulous. She seems cool as hell. Yeah. There is also kind of going off on that, but more on the like creative side, there is The Art of the English Murder, and that <gasps> is by Lucy Worsley. Oh, that sounds wonderful. Is my personal hero. Um she is the head curator at the Historic Royal Palaces in London. And so she wrote this book, and it's kind of more about literature. She mentions Charles Dickens a lot, and Madame Tussauds, wax figures, and all penny dreadfuls, and all that delightful gore. Agatha the Christie. Of the English Murder? The Art of the English Murder. I will have to find that. Mm-hmm. It's delightful. And then also, um, if you want um, kind of a history of just general life and how it's been f- throughout history. Um, I highly recommend At Home by Bill Bryson. He's my hero. Yes, he's so good. He's my, honest to God, he is my favorite nonfiction writer. I am so wildly in love with him and I'm terrified to meet him because you should never meet your heroes. Mm. But he's exactly the sort of person I want to be if I weren't dark and deranged. Yeah, he's he's written a, a number of very interesting books. Um, he told me about my favorite fact. Can I tell you guys my favorite fact? I get really excited about yes, this. Yes, tell us your favorite fact. Okay, 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 okay. So... You know, <laughs> you know how when you're looking at English countryside churches that have graveyards around them? Oh, yes. Okay, so it looks like the English countryside church is like kind of buried in hills, like it's mm-hmm. sinking into the ground. Mm-hmm. It's not sinking. I know. There are so many dead bodies buried there that the ground is starting to rise up from the mass of all the people who have lived uh, and died and been buried in these places. It's so awesome. It's so cool. And creepy. Humans are neat when they're not disgusting and there's horrible. There's so many dead um, people. There's so many. I mean, just everywhere. And, like, you, you don't even think about the dead people that we've had throughout history. I mean, there's a long tradition of being dead on this earth. Uh-huh. Yeah. Fascinating. Bill Bryson. I Bill love Bryson. Him. If you've never read any of his works, you should fix your life immediately. Uh, honestly, stop this podcast. Go to your local library. Pick up a copy of anything he's ever written, and you can thank us later by sending us cookies. Yeah. I like chocolate chip. And then lastly, if you really liked the medical history section of this episode um i recommend the podcast sawbones um it's by uh one of the guys who's in my brother my brother and me which is another fantastic podcast um and his wife and they talk about the history of medicine basically that actually sounds amazing and i've never heard of that i love medical stuff yeah that's great well you guys have been awesome as per usual if we got anything wrong feel free to write in to us about it and we will talk about you next time uh you can Tweet at us. Well, specifically tweet at Jen. <laughs> um, at haunted underscore pod. Yep. And you can also talk to me or Jen on Facebook. Um, and that is... Uh, Just this podcast is haunted. Yeah, that's not even that hard. And then we also have an Instagram and you can reach us at our email. So chat back. And if you like our show, please, please... Uh, subscribe on iTunes and leave a review. I know this is annoying. You hear a lot of podcasts say this, but it actually really helps people find it. So if you like it and if you want other people to listen, then consider leaving us a nice review. We want more friends. We like friends. Yeah. We're, we're fairly social bitches. All right. Um, I have to go cook dinner, so I got to let you go. Beautiful. All right, guys. Uh, we will see you in a fortnight. And in the meantime, stay spooky. <laughs>